0: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Pilgrim Story Hour. My name is Moni Jeiji and as pilgrims we're all here to share stories about the pilgrimage be it the Camino or any other pilgrimage that you may have walked that has left you with some indelible life lessons and what I try to do every week is just pick a topic or pick a theme and tell stories around that theme usually I tell a story and I invite whoever is on the call this day to tell a story as well and the theme that I've chosen for this week is the theme of trusting others that you don't know trusting strangers trusting in what you can't always see and perceive with your physical eyes and i invite you uh, to join on this call when you can and to share a story as well so right now i have with me one uh one pilgrim and that's alberto and we have you? hello hi alberto
1: <laughs> here i am yes it's uh, okay <laughs> so exciting about this new experience of the hangout yeah. all Good. right
0: Okay, so for those who are joining us, all you have to do is accept the invitation that I have sent you and uh, you'll be live on air with us. Well, I'll begin, um, I'll begin this, this particular segment speaking about an experience that I had. And I will share with you the experience from, having, from walking on our pilgrimage from Rome to Jerusalem. Now, because this pilgrimage was quite unlike the Camino in the sense that there was, you know, nothing, no yellow arrows, there's no path, no infrastructure, really every day was an exercise in trust. It was an exercise in trusting that we are going to receive shelter every night and trusting that when we knocked on a door that the person who answered was going to receive us and trusting that when they did receive us, that it was going to be a positive experience or at least an experience where our physical safety was, was never harmed. And so I would say that the entire, the entire experience, the entire journey was really one of learning to trust in others, learning to trust in ourselves, and learning to trust in experiences that really were quite outside our comfort zone. And for those who even walk the Camino, for many pilgrims who come from North America, the Camino is way outside their comfort zone. And I understand that, you know, you're in a different culture, different language, different food, everything is different and new experiences, new smells, new sights. And so um, I will tell you the specific story though that uh, stands out in in my mind. And this particular one, the story happened as we were leaving Turkey. We had been walking in Turkey for about four months. And we were about a year, almost a year of walking. And we were at the border town, arriving at the Syrian border. This was back in 2002, I should mention, and we don't advise any pilgrim to walk through Syria um, at this date, um, on this date, which is in 2016, June 2016, for many obvious reasons. And so we were arriving at the border and one of there were um, like little secure, a little security office, little po- police um, we passed by a police station and uh, they called they're called the John Dharma and they told us to you know wait for us to come on over and have a have a cup of tea and whenever the you know the police invite you for a cup of tea you know that there is um, another motivation <laughs> and so we had made a custom had become accustomed to be invited to tea and to have conversations with the police because there was always the the questions usually centered around okay now who are you why are you walking here Who is paying you to walk in our country? Whose peace do you represent? And so very politely, but very directly inquiring about what is our intention in their country and when do we plan to leave? And so we were all usually very forthcoming, handed over our passports, very polite with whoever asked us. And so when in this case, the gendarmer called us over, we said, okay, let's see what they have to say this time. And this time he said to us over tea, Um, just for your own safety and just for your own protection do not tell anyone at the Syrian border that you are walking uh, to Jerusalem do not tell them that you have any intention of doing anything beyond just simply walking for peace which is what we were doing Uh, you are walking in their country and we are passing through Syria to get into Lebanon tell them that you are visiting um, either your family in Lebanon, which I had at that time or tell them that you are simply unsure of where you're going to finish You may even go walking around the world but don't tell them that you're walking to Jerusalem because it's very likely that they will stop you at the border and they will turn you back or They may do other things. We don't know and so of course the fear is there right away so immediately before I even arrived at the border the the mistrust was there and even though throughout the pilgrimage I had Experienced and reminded myself over and over again do not let the fears and the judgments of other people cloud your experience. There I was again after a year of walking, and somebody telling me, Be careful and do not trust um, anyone at the Syrian border already influenced by my experience without having t- talked to anyone yet. So, of course, you know, we arrive, we say thank you and we end up, we leave the Turkish border, we cross into Syrian territory, we arrive at the border, we go up to the kiosk, and immediately, you know, they look at us, I'm afraid, and more than afraid, I'm mistrustful. I'm not trusting anything that the person behind that counter is saying to me. And so he immediately asks for our visas, passports and visas. I have my Canadian passport, Alberto has his Spanish passport, And I show it to him, and he says to me, where's your visa? And I said to him, well, we're prepared to buy a visa at the border, which is what we had done at the border of all the other 12 countries that we had walked through. And he said, no, you have to have a prior visa before entering our country. I can't let you walk through. You need a visa. And I said, surely there must be a way for us to get a visa. And he kept insisting that there was absolutely no way to get a visa. And so part of me wanted to – believe him a part of me was struggling with trying to trust this person and so alberto and i did what we had practiced doing throughout this journey which is not to aggravate any situation and to take a deep breath so we took a deep breath we said thank you very much um if there is anything that you can do for us if there is anyone that you can speak to or that we can speak to we would be happy Um, To facilitate or to help in any way. And by the way, I was trying to do this in Arabic (laughs) a very very uh, Broken very rusty Lebanese that you know, I grew up in a Lebanese household. I am Lebanese So I was trying to bring back all the words and it was you know, very very Difficult and he was firing kind of very speaking very quickly at me. And so we're trying to stay calm and remain trusting that he's doing the right thing for us that this trusting that this whole situation is going to unfold in a positive way and trusting that we are going to be able to continue our journey moving forward and so we waited he said okay and just said kind of wave this off and and so here we were we just sat on some uh chairs very rigid plastic chairs that didn't move right or left bolted to the ground we sat down and we waited we waited and we waited and people came in and out, people flowed all day, and we just sat and waited. We also didn't have any food with us because we had expected that you know, at least there could be something at the border like a vending machine, but there was no vending machine. And so we just sat on the bench and waited. We walked outside, we strolled, and every once in a while the guy would look over at us with that kind of suspicious look and we would just, you know, say hello. And about four hours later, um, one of them comes over to us and says, uh, asked me, are you hungry? And we said to him, Yes, we are. And he just said, Okay, wait a minute. He and just, so
1: there was no place to, to buy anything there. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah.
0: Exactly. There was no vending machines. There was no place, nothing. Yeah. And so we um we waited for him and then he came back a few moments later and motioned for us to follow him. And so he took us behind the counter to a room that was there. And I was expecting like maybe some water or maybe some fruit or something. But what he had laid out for us was actually a small feast by Arab standards. It was, you know, there was this, it's a pressed yogurt called labneh. There was cheese. There were tomatoes. There was olives. There was bread and cucumbers, I think, were there. And I just, I just looked at him and I said, you know, thank you so much. And, um, and he, he kind of, you know, he gave me like a, a smile. And I said to him, you know, this is Alberto's first experience in the Arab world and I just want you to know how grateful I am that he is seeing this face of the Arab world which I know is the true face and the true heart of the Arab culture and he just I could I want to say he was blushing but I couldn't tell (laughs) and so he left us and he said you know which is you know welcome and enjoy and enjoy your meal and so we ate and we you know we finished eating and we thanked him and then we went back to sit to sit on the benches and more officers kept coming and more you know they kept looking at us and now it was you know they were waving at us and how are you We said very well thank you and the tone became with them a little bit more uh uh, jovial a little bit easier more relaxed they said to us you know we're trying our best now to uh get you at least a three-day visa so that if you can't walk through our country at least you can take a bus through our country and I said okay well we really appreciate that thank you very much and then he said to me well you know there is a 15-day visa that you can get but that is almost impossible to get and I said oh oh okay and he said well I'm, I'm going to try I don't know if it'll happen or not but you know we're going to try for the three-day visa and for a 15-day visa and we'll see what happens and I said well we really appreciate that thank you very much now I never once said we never once said we were going to Jerusalem I still kind of held back not wanting to fully reveal where we were going because when he said where are you going we said we're walking for peace we've been walking you know now for a year from Rome and we believe in peace in the world and I think he was just kind of rolling his eyes at us and he said where are you ending I said well we're not sure because I do have some family in Lebanon and it's been a long journey so maybe we'll stop in Lebanon but I think in the unspoken words he knew exactly where we were going now we continue to wait the evening came by more and more officers came by and everyone became a little bit more polite a little bit more relaxed we weren't pressing we weren't pushing anything that they said to us we said thank you we appreciate your efforts by the evening uh, one of the most senior people there um, showed up and he was dressed more in a you know more military formal dress and it was I think around nine o'clock at night by then there was no visa we had been there since you know, new niche. And he invited us to tea. Now, when you're the senior people invite you to tea, you know that this is one of two things. Either they're going to be drilled a little bit more politely, or it's going to be an invitation to actually sit and have a conversation. And it turned out to be the latter because as we spoke calmly and explained our intentions and very honestly said, you know, we are simply walking as two, two pilgrims who really believe that change in the world begins with change within and we believe that all paths lead to one God and that we are all brothers and sisters on this journey towards understanding what the meaning of God and love and life is. As we spoke more in those terms we were able to find common ground we weren't talking politics i don't know the i don't know the politics of syria i know a little bit but i wasn't going to talk about that yeah. what i really wanted to do was connect with him as a human being and connect and begin to build that bridge so that he could trust us and in turn perhaps i could also trust him And of course eventually the conversation he would they were very open and they were very respectful and we stayed there for for over an hour I would say speaking Hmm. and even though I never we never said the words We are going to Jerusalem because I couldn't fully bring myself to fully trust I With enough clues and hints and ways of speaking and just by the look by the way he was looking at us and by the way we were looking at him. I think in the unspoken language, um, which sometimes is even more powerful than the word, he understood exactly where we were going. But he never asked us so that we wouldn't have to answer. And I really felt that from him. He didn't. He didn't need to know, and he didn't need to stop us. And what was funny was by the end of the night, by the time it was like 10 o'clock, after 10 o'clock, um, and he said, "Okay, well, you know, you have to get to sleep. Where are you going to sleep?" I said wherever i said we'll we'll sleep here on the floor we have our sleeping bags he just said you know wait a minute and then he talked to some people and we waited in the again on the chairs and a couple of minutes later they called us in and uh, they had in that same room where we had something to eat they had laid out for us two foam mattresses and a couple of military blankets and um, i was just so so overwhelmed and so thankful to him and i thanked him once again saying to him this is um, this is the heart of the Arab world that I know this heart of hospitality and generosity and looking after the stranger even though you may not know them and even though there may be a little bit of mistrust there is still the openness and the hospitality and the generosity of spirit and generosity of heart so thank you very much and he shook our hands and he was very you know he, he was very I felt in him also very grateful
1: no, and all I could, all the soldiers there they they were the, they was yes. all in love with us i will say you know? yes.
0: they <laughs> so, were they were just so incredibly yes. um welcoming and so incredibly happy to have had us there and then i remember the final thing i i heard him yelling out at the front saying, "Hey would you get on the get on those visas for those people they need to be out of here in the morning <laughs> yes. and i remember i remember that being the last words kind of before I fell asleep that night and although the next day we got up and we had our visa we had three-day visas he said to us he goes you know you can get a 15-day visa he goes take this and go to a specific office he gave us the address he said go speak to this specific person and tell him that i sent you and he gave me his name and he said tell him that you need a 15-day visa and that i said you can get it for him and at that time a bus driver walked in he called the bus driver and said to him, take these people on your way, drop them off at this location and tell them how to get to that building. And that's how the whole thing unfolded. It was the most amazing, unbelievable experience that reminded, that reminded me and I know that reminded Alberto that when you stay calm, when you stay centered, when you can speak from the heart and connect from the heart, even with a complete stranger in a situation that can feel a little bit maybe hostile and a little bit uncomfortable, you can unfold and unlock possibilities that you never even knew could happen so now that was that's my story that i've uh, that i'm sharing with you alberto do you have a story you want to tell and while you're doing that i want well, to see that there's other viewers that are joining us
1: yeah well i i will add to the to what you had say i have many stories about uh Trust in strangers because I think our journey and journey, the journey of life in general, is um, is about trust. So that is a, a pillar. It's a, it's a fundamental base of, of the journey to trust in in life. Trust in yourself that you are going to be capable of to overcome anything that can to you along the journey, and, and for that reason, to trust in others too. That this doesn't mean that you are uh, precautious you know that doesn't mean that you are going to believe uh, everything or to you know you need to pay attention uh, but but to trust you that the uh, what moves other people is the same that move to you that we are a brother and sisters trying to, to do the best that we can with what we know Um then uh, to trust in that no in the purity of the heart of people and that you will find people that maybe are not so so pure in their actions you know but then you will trust in yourself that you will not how to handle the situations um, and yeah. to trust in life you know that life itself is something that is for our, for our better good in some way to say you no? yeah then I think I think was um, yeah uh, very special. The the episode that you had shared is is very is very special because was one more proof that uh, how how you say is that if you trust, uh, if you open yourself to trust to know the other, you know, and and to see what there is there, you know, and to try to see the best in the situation and in the people. Uh, you uh, the majority of times, well, it's not all. You are going to find it. We're going to find and we found in these people and we saw how things that were almost impossible to believe that were going to to, to, to feel or there we were going to be solution, no, like the thing of the three days visa that right. they are going we were not going to find a fifteen day visa, they told us, you know. Um and finally, we found. We went to this place. Even the guy, the guy that uh, was recommended to us to, to, to visit, he said, you are, "It's very difficult to get a, It's impossible, you know, that you get a 15 days." Visa. But after we wait, we wait for the solution and we wait for the administration to work. And we did. We 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 get it. Even the guy that was there to to, to get the visa when we went to 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 the people. To, to, to get it, he said, he I don't know how you have to get it, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> how you get a 15-day visa, you, that cannot be renovated, you know, can be, that right. uh, was uh, some kind of, uh, but we did it, and life uh, worked many times in that way. Yeah. Wonderful, that's great, that thank we you,
2: we you
0: for adding you. to that, <laughs> thank you, and yeah. I see that we have Jacqueline here with us, hello Jacqueline. Yeah. Hello Jacqueline, hey, hey.
2: welcome back. it.
0: You did it. <laughs> <Come back. laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. Now, I know that you are a pilgrim to be.
1: Oh, right? and, and we had another, uh, we had Camino Provides. Indeed.
0: Yes. Yes. So, Jacqueline, so um, I know you don't have a story yet, but maybe I'll come back to you at the end of this and see if you have just a general story, even on this pilgrimage called Life, that you can share. How's that? Okay. I want to welcome Laurie cool. Ferris as well from the Camino Provides. Laurie are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Hi, Lori. Hello, Lori. <laughs> can you hear us okay? Oh, we've oh. got you on mute for some reason. Hang on, let me un- unmute you. I'm not sure why you're on. Oh, you. I think you are the yeah, one who yeah, muted yeah, us.
1: That had the mute
0: okay, there we go. I can <laughs> hear you now.
1: No, we cannot hear you.
0: <laughs> okay, try pressing the mute button again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Try to press the mute okay. ah, now,
0: now. Okay now. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, now we'll to see here. you and hear you. Okay. Hi Lori. Hi Moni. It's nice to see you. You too. Thank you. Well Lori, um, I, I think you you heard part of the story that we were uh, that Alberto and I were sharing about uh, trust and learning to trust in in complete strangers, trusting in the unknown trusting in what you always can't see and touch and uh, if there's a story or an experience that you'd like to share with us we'd love to hear it
3: well actually I do have a story yes can you hear me okay now yes I can hear you okay Um, I just came back from the Camino Portuguese about three weeks ago okay welcome back thank you I had a wonderful time Um, this was a short Camino for me I only had about seven days to walk and um, so I started my Camino in Ponte de Lima and I was in Lisbon so I had to take a three-hour train ride from Lisbon to Braga, and a one-hour bus ride from Braga to Ponte de Lima okay and the, the bus had the destination of Ponte de Lima as the final destination and so I thought okay I'll just get off at the last stop But I really I didn't know I should have gotten off at the second to the last stop the last person on the bus before I got off got off there and I just was with the bus driver in this big bus by myself and he went back up the hill a couple of miles to this bus terminal Mm -hmm. and I I went and I asked him I said "Uh, I'm going to the albergue on the other side of the branch yeah and he said oh and he shook his head, and he didn't speak much English. And he said, "You should have gotten off at the other bus stop." So um, he said, "Hold on, ten minutes." Okay. And I have—I don't speak much Portuguese. I know like three words. Okay. And um, he doesn't speak much English, but he said, "I'll take you in my car to the bridge."
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, so, yeah, that's um,
3: nice. nice. And I that's thought, great. that's really nice. Um, I'll take him up on that offer. But then I started panicking. I was waiting for this guy to, you know, unload his bus and wrap up his business for the day. And then but he seemed nice and he saw that I was a pilgrim. And uh, so I went and I took a leap of faith. I got in this guy's car, and told a total stranger. And I asked him if he uh, where he lived and he said here in Ponte de Lima and I saw his rosary hanging from his rear view mirror and I thought I'm okay you know I'll be okay he's not gonna <laughs> kidnap me but I had some fears you know getting in a stranger's car but of course he brought me right to the bridge and I walked across the bridge and I went to my uh, albergue but I had to have uh, a little bit of trust in that situation I probably would have walked but it was getting dark and it was starting to rain yeah so Anyway, the, the three words I know, uh, one of them is key to know in any language is thank you. Oh, So, uh, if you know thank you in every language, I think that will get you far. Yeah,
0: what a great story. And I say. think you, you probably touched on the greatest fear of any pilgrim walking alone, and I would say especially of any woman walking alone, is, you know, what's going to happen to you? What could happen to you if you – and they all tell you. Everyone tells you, don't go in the car with a stranger. Don't accept whatever from strangers. Mm -hmm. And we're raised with this whole idea of being afraid and not trusting the intentions of others around us. And the Camino does something unusual, and I I don't know what it is. And there is a certain kind of um, willingness to open up A little bit more and to trust a little bit more you never leave I think you don't ever leave like reason and logic aside but there is a certain willingness to open a little bit more when you're walking as a pilgrim yeah Yeah.
1: I, I think that was very symbolic, uh, too. You know, I, I love symbolism, and I think yes. symbolism is not only in dreams, it's in life, too. I, it's symbolic, too, that he brought you to, to a bridge, you know, and you cross mm-hmm. the bridge yeah. after that, you know. Then it's, um, I think it's beautiful, too.
0: Yeah. yeah, I thought of that, too, that he brought you to that, to that bridge, because, like Alberto, I was thinking, ooh, very symbolic, crossing a bridge, it's like crossing over to, <laughs> a, to a new shore. New, shore. Yeah. Exactly, to a new shore, new ideas, new mm-hmm. everything. That's great. Thanks, Laurie. Yeah. Great story. Good story. And I think is Jacqueline still here? Let's see. Jacqueline? Yes, she is still here. Oh, we just have we have have your voice. Hey Jacqueline. Now I know that you're a pilgrim to be. And so um, I know you don't have a pilgrim story yet, but as I say, we we are all pilgrims in life.
1: In life, yeah. So
0: if there is a story that you wanna tell us about, you know, a specific story and actually you know what, before I get to you, I wanna go back to you, Lori for a second Lori what was the lesson that you learned what lesson did you learn in trusting this stranger and getting into their car what did you what did you learn about yourself and what did you learn about
3: this kind of this world in which you live I learned to trust my instinct because my first vibe about this man is Uh I can trust him yeah but then I, I also went back to my fears of not trusting strangers and not getting into somebody's car. So it was. Um, I had to overcome that fear that was instilled in me through my culture. And you know, I don't know if I would get in a stranger's car in America. Funny. I, I felt very safe in Portugal walking alone.
0: Funny. That's great.
3: Trusting your intuition. That's a huge, huge yeah. lesson.
2: Mm-hmm. Huge
0: thing. Okay. Great. Now Jacqueline, back to you. Yes back to me <laughs> back to you All right. so the technology seems to be working in your favor right now
2: yeah as I continue to wander around aimlessly yes it okay. is
0: I can see you perfectly yes. okay oh, good. so is there a story um, that you'd like to that you have about trusting you when you were in a situation that you had to trust someone that you A stranger, or in a situation where you had to just trust the unknown. Well, but isn't that life trusting the unknown?
2: Um, Yeah. I, you know, I get to say walking through, particularly when I was a single mom, I needed to make sure that not only did I take care of my daughter, but I needed to take care of me. And I love traveling, so I thought she's two. I'm going to head over to Vancouver. My cousin was living in Vancouver. And I thought, we'll visit. Won't that be fantastic? And so I didn't have um, much in the way of extra cash. So yeah. it was exactly how I've got this much to get on the bus after we get off the plane to get to the space that I'm supposed to see her. Yeah. So, here it, so we get off the plane. Interesting ride. This is the first time my daughter's taking the flight, mm-hmm. and so you know, with ears and babies, and you're not sure how it's all going to roll out. You'd rather not have them scream loudly.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and they did
0: anyway. So, um, destination, destination. You're breaking up, Jackie. You're breaking up, Jacqueline.
1: Oops. Yeah, this this sound. I don't know if you okay. are maybe. Covering the microphone. If you
0: have a microphone to hold it up close to your ear, if you can?
1: Or simply don't cover with the. I'm
0: gonna unplug it. Hold on a second. Okay.
1: I think that sounds better.
0: Is that better? Yeah, that sounds better. But I'm seeing your cheek. It's lovely. Um...
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, continue, continue with continue the story. The
0: stars, oh, that was, yes. you know. oh, that's great, because you're... I'm seeing you perfectly. Oh, really? There you are. I'm, I'm seeing my computer.
2: Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, you know you said technology was working for me. I don't know. Um, anyway, so we got off the plane. My cousin who was supposed to meet us didn't know where we were going to be. So we okay. took a class and we are waiting in the bus station. I know no one. We're in Victoria now. so we landed in Vancouver, took a boat to Victoria, which was absolutely stunning. But I really have no idea where I'm going, and I've got my daughter with me, and I don't have a lot of cash, I think I said. And so there we were, and I found out I realized I have enough cash to buy popsicles. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure this one out. Um, so we waited and we wandered and we waited and we wandered. And so the, now the light is dimming. It's getting darker. And I have no idea where I'm supposed to be. So I had to trust the phone call and say, you know, I'm not sure if I should be speaking with you. I think this is the phone number. But my name is Jacqueline Richards and I have my daughter here. And I'm wondering where my cousin is. Uh, hold on, what's her last name? Is her last name? Let me see if I can find her. I wound up calling her work, for which um, she works as a personal trainer. So it's interesting trying to find your personal trainer in a health club, and she's supposed to be picking you and your two-year-old up at the All that stand. I could trust that the guy was going to find her, um, and thankfully he did. And she did the... I thought you were coming tomorrow. <laughs> Oops. No. Okay. So i keep wondering. I just, I had to be okay that my daughter was safe. I had to be yeah. okay. And, and you know, it's Victoria, B.C. That's stunning. And I should know that I'm going to be okay. But I have to mm-hmm. say, I'm with my two-year-old and wondering, now what's mommy going to do? Um, right. I had to be okay and believe that going
1: to be okay yeah. yeah well you know um, I, I think you know sometimes the uh, people put a lot of fear no and um, the media and the news um, yeah. but it, really if we think with logic if we think with logic with the experience that we have the people that we know personally the people that we know personally is good people is people like us so I think the majority of people in the world is nice and try to do good you know and, and try to help in the way that they can you know then in, in, in a situation like that, that you really need help, why is you are going to find a freaky or somebody, you know, <laughs> it's, it you, logically, I'm yeah, talking now about the statistics and how, how to think logic and not only to trust in the. you know, it's a thing, Is uh, the majority of people and it's that the experience that we have, you know, it's, yeah. it's good. It's the people that it's not going to rob you, it's going to <laughs> to try to do, to harm you. It's simple people that it see somebody in need, and what uh, is going to to offer hand, you know? And but yeah. I, in that moments we feel the fear. I think that is the the great obstacle is is fear, you Huge know. Point and point we point point. remember all the bad things, and we remember the news in the morning, and we remember, know. The, you know. I and know. That, that is that we need to overcome. I think the known that is is another fear and unknown maybe are very vinculated, you know. You're
2: connected. Yes, exactly.
1: Connected. Yes, so yeah.
2: true, and it's and it's absolutely true, you know. Um, Canadian woman and two-year-old disappears, great, great, no, I didn't want to be on the, really, I didn't want to be front page center on um, a newspaper saying, you know what, where are they, and and that wasn't the case, as you say, Alberto, I just needed to be calm, because you know, kids pick that up, right, kids pick up the fear
0: absolutely and so and so do adults by the way and I think we we project that more than we know it's funny when Alberto was was speaking one of the thoughts that came into my mind was when one of the things that I started to do um, was to say to myself now if situations were reversed and this other person were coming to me for help would I help them or not and when I saw myself as you know what I'm just an ordinary person and I'm more likely than not to lend a helping hand, then why would that other person not be the same way? Yeah. Why do I not see them in that way as well? And I think it's because culturally, in many parts of the world, we are raised to believe that you know, you just don't trust another person. But truly, even in those places, when you need help and you genuinely reach out, and, I, and this, is, this was our experience, as Alberto said, you will receive help. People, I think, in in kind of in their depths, are individuals who want to help another. We're not individuals who want to do harm to each other. That's my personal opinion. So, yeah, me too. That's, uh,
1: totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Did you want to Did you want to say something uh, as well, Lori? I'll leave it to you here.
3: Um, no, I, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, this was this was a very interesting conversation because it touches on, um, you know, trust is not something that sometimes we easily give away. And, you know, we want to be trusting, but a lot of times we have all the, the baggage that says to us that, you know, you don't trust, don't trust. And it takes great courage to walk in the world believing that the other is good, that human beings by nature are actually good. Um, that doesn't mean they always do the right thing, perhaps. Yep but that intrinsically we are good and that reaching out and making a connection, a heart connection with another is the bridge, the bridge, Laurie, that we need (laughs) Um, to help us get to to the other side. So um, I'm respectful of everyone's time, so if there is no one else here who wants to uh, say anything, I will, uh, I will give this a wrap and uh, invite you again to join next week where we'll choose another topic and another set of stories that we'll share. Any final thoughts or any final words from anybody? Thank you guys
1: for hosting this. I had a good time. Um, okay. Thank you, everybody, to share your stories too. It was nice.
0: Exactly. Thank you all for sharing your stories, and we'll catch you next week on the Pilgrim Story Hour. Bye for now. Thank
1: you. Obrigado.
2: Bye.
0: Obrigado. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I shall learn.